0: My name is Earl Grey, and I never listen to Let's Talk About Treks.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks. An episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino.
0: Welcome, everybody. Hello. My name is Earl Gray.
1: I'm Jack Dorino.
0: And we are Let's Talk About Treks.
1: It's the show that poured a soda into a glass and said, I have an idea for an episode.
0: (laughs) Well, hold on to your towels, because apparently we're going to be beaming into another dimension. Okay. Today, we'll be discussing Mm -hmm. Star Trek Discovery, season 4 Episode 10, The Galactic Barrier. Captain Burnham and her crew must go where few have gone before. Meanwhile, Book learns the truth of what drives Tarka.
1: This is the episode with the bubbles.
0: The release date was the 24th of February, 2022. Mm -hmm. It is the 52nd of all 55 episodes of Star Trek Discovery, so far. It is the 830th of all 908 of Star Trek.
1: Yes, this episode was written by Anne Kofel Saunders, and it was directed by Dembra Kampmeyer. We've seen both of these fine people before in Discovery. Oh, really? I mean, not seen, but they've yeah. helmed the show before. And they they do an excellent job, yes. as they did in this episode.
0: They did, yes. I mm-hmm. thought that they pulled off some uh, very nice special effects maneuvers. I thought that it, there were some th- scenes that reminded me of a Frakesian episode.
1: Yeah. This episode takes place in the year 3190, and there are flashbacks in uh, somewhere in the late 3180s that's correct. Mm -hmm. When I was a little kid. Yeah. Okay. We lived in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember playing Starships in the bathtub upstairs. (laughs) And I feel like maybe somebody else did the same thing. Because this is the (laughs) like, when I first saw this, I stood up like, wait, how do they know? (laughs) This is like the story. Well, You know, it's a lot more involved and intricate and more adult, but, you know, it's (laughs) it's the playing with your starships in the bathtub episode.
0: (laughs) And making a maneuver in ways that you never thought you'd see on TV, too. Yeah,
1: in ways that I would do in the bathtub. Yeah. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did this? So I think somebody else did that. And here we are.
0: I can definitely see the influence there.
1: We start out this episode with this whole, like, Kovic negativity group, was <laughs> mm-hmm. was explaining how we can't do this and we can't do that. It, the beginning is a picard era badge
0: are you sure it's not an anti-time anomaly alternate future combat
1: yes because that one had bars that extended below oh. the delta
0: well and i think the delta was filled in this was just an outline of the bars
1: sure so this is a picard era badge though this table is just like a, a review through time of starfleet technology
0: <laughs> yeah minus like the thousand years between picard and no yeah well of I'm course sure we've had more than one combat design between yes
1: They definitely should have had some strange devices that we've never seen on the table to make that a little bit more, give it a little more punch.
0: Yeah. What is all these little plants and stuff? Is this what Dr. Harai is eating?
1: Oh, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't pay attention to what he was eating.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if this is like a nervous tick of his. I found it kind of distracting throughout the episode. He's always eating something.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't even notice that about him. Oh, that's super interesting. I guess next time I watch it, I will have to go and see. Yeah, I can't even picture it. (laughs) hmm <laughs> also i didn't really understand the joke at first i mean of course after the explanation but mm-hmm. at first when harai was just like laughing uproariously like what that <laughs> <mean>?
0: <laughs> well i mean he's got a valid point our technology is only good for communicating with primarily other humanoids us presuming that we're also communicating with other vocally communicating animals like cetaceans and insectoids and Mm -hmm. you know like the other zindi races
1: and all the other species that we've spoken to like so sure
0: yeah i would imagine it works with venusians is that how
1: i don't have people from venus
0: no i'm sorry the the people with the tentacles and the shape-shifting
1: oh the vendorians
0: vendorians thank you
1: yeah yeah. well i think that kovich maybe he's a time lord because (laughs) I'm trying to figure out like how he fits in where he's going like how are you where are you going? How are you getting there? What what urgent matter is more important than this? I think that he has like a TARDIS hanging out somewhere and he just goes and hops around Is he section 31? I I really don't understand what his role is in yeah I think they
0: want it to be ambiguous on purpose. I think that you are quite possibly right He certainly seems to have a little bit more insight Maybe like he is a Time Lord (laughs) Isn't his first name Doctor? Or doesn't he have a Doctor title? Maybe he is the Doctor.
1: Oh, that's that's very interesting.
0: I also wonder if he does come from another time because he keeps on making-
1: Anachronistic references. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Gilligan's Island thing was weird. Like, what are you talking about? Like, so <laughs> Gilligan's Island is canonical Star Trek, apparently, at this point.
0: Well, I mean, he could also just know where the turn of phrase comes from. Or what it is he and what it means he might not know the origin of you know a three hour tour perhaps I mean how how many things do you say like that that you're not like quite sure where it comes from but everybody around you oh I don't
1: you. say those oh okay I've I've used to I'm very careful now about it, <laughs> making sure that the words that I'm saying are the words that I mean because sometimes people mm. say things like I'm sorry you feel that way not realizing how it comes out mm. you know okay or like something so happened oh i'm sorry yeah like i'm sorry what like you have to be like really specific like i'm, I'm sorry that okay. happened not i'm sorry you feel that way or mm-hmm. or whatever you know that kind of thing so,
0: so you expand upon what you're sorry about yeah then you don't just say i'm sorry i am sorry that you're bleeding to death and likely gonna die You. Um,
1: you... i don't know well, <laughs> what are you okay
0: <laughs> yeah, or whatever you know th- is going on that makes you say you're sorry yeah i'm sorry that your feelings got hurt
1: but yes but i think you're i think maybe that was maybe a poor example because now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of a particular phrase what i'm saying mm. is that yeah like when i sorry. say things like birds of a feather feather flock together i i right. i think about what i'm what i'm saying and I'm, I'm like okay yes that's that's actually what i mean you know i don't like throw out mm-hmm. phrases that i I haven't examined. You know what I mean? Oh, I get it. So it seems odd to me that he would throw out a three hour tour without having any context as to the humor of the phrase three hour tour.
0: Oh, okay. Like, I
1: think that would require him to know Mm -hmm. at least of Gilligan's Island specifically Yeah. for that to be amusing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, it's refreshing to know that at least some portion of the 20th century has survived the next thousand years or plus or minus.
1: I think you'll find in much literature and science fiction that this 20th century will have survived in some way (laughs) in the future.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, more better parts of it than the negative parts of it, but...
1: Yes, more better parts.
0: More better parts.
1: Oh, so I like how the supposition that we had that we made last episode about like mm-hmm. hey what happens if you if you lose your drill bit like you just put a faster a better drill bit down there it seemed like that's what like <laughs> Stamus explains like yeah like they, they they just put a faster drill bit down so they can you know oh. work better and stronger you know like that's exactly what you do
0: i wonder if they were developing the technology to make it faster all this time and they're just like well that old one is working just fine for now if it breaks we'll we'll send in a faster
1: one yeah yeah i'm sure they have a vast array of drill bits you know like i have a little box of drill bits in the closet
0: (laughs) you have gold plated ones and diamond tipped ones
1: well no i don't they're just different sizes (laughs) mostly (laughs) Or different like shapes or whatever so sometimes it's Mm -hmm. like oh this is not the right one and he'd use this other drill bit you know Mm -hmm. that's probably what they have they have a whole array of drill bits
0: yeah as soon as Rillick mentioned uh, the delegate from Navarre was going to be late I kind of guessed that uh, t was going to take that delegates place
1: so the the president comes to the admiral to tell him that she's going on this trip. Mm-hmm. The best part about this is that it revealed the backstory of her being one of the federation's top ambassador for twenty years. Mm-hmm. So that can speak to her ability to talk to all of the people of the federation. Okay, like she probably gets along with a lot of them because she's dealt with a lot of them before right yeah and she like knows their ticks and their ins and their outs
0: well i mean hopefully she knows how to talk to at least uh cardassians and Pajorans and humans
1: sure i just imagine that if one of the federation's top ambassadors would have spoken to a lot more than that
0: oh well certainly yeah and it gives her it gives us the background and the experience that she would need for something like this
1: it's really amusing that book is planning to drop Tarka off he's like I'm just gonna leave Mm -hmm. you right here on this planet and you can figure it out from there that's really nice
0: maybe you can help them develop electricity
1: yeah I don't even know that I quite understood why he decided not to drop him off Uh he should have just dropped him off and been on his way gone back to discovery been like yo sorry I dropped that guy off on this planet and then he could have jumped the barrier with them Mm. like just put a ship in the ship and then go along with them because his Sport drive, it, well, that's the new one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's smaller or how differently it works. Yeah. And I'm confused about no mycelium being in the barrier because that means Lorca was wrong because Lorca said you could travel anywhere in the known universe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is apparently not true because you can't, you can only jump within the galactic barrier because the galactic barrier stops the mycelial network, apparently.
0: Um, I, I think it's one patch where it can't grow. I think it it seems to me like the mycelial network should be able to grow on the other side of the barrier. If you have a, an extra salty patch of land or water that life can't grow in, but you have life growing all around it and life growing in other spots in the same maybe type of water, sometimes in caves in really, really deep water, mm-hmm. you have fresh water at the top and you have thick, salty layer right at in a boundary before you punch through and you get to regular ocean water okay when ocean water is leaking in from the outside of the cave and nothing can live in that really cloudy really thick salty zone in the barrier between the freshwater at the top and the ocean water at the bottom but of course fish can live in the regular water at the, the fresh water at the top fish can live in the uh, the salty water at the bottom but they can't cross that barrier
1: okay well, thank you. <laughs> this has been Earl Grey's episode of BBC Earth.
0: <laughs> I think I came up with a fascinating uh, ship name for the uh, developing Serena and uh, Saru relationship.
1: Oh, please do tell.
0: How about Taru?
1: Oh, I was thinking Serena, but sure, Taru it is.
0: Serena sounds cool too. That's a, maybe I'll name her my daughter after that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Programmable antimatter? Mm-hmm. How do you program it?
0: With matter?
1: do right? Don't you have to use something to? So you just use energy to program? How do you program antimatter?
0: How do you program matter?
1: Well, I, I mean that's one thing. Look, like, like at least you can touch it, but you can't touch <laughs> yeah. antimatter.
0: How do you touch antimatter in the first place? Just to inject it into the warp core?
1: Well, you don't. You keep it in an electromagnetic right. field yeah. so it floats in the middle. Okay. You can't really manipulate it enough to program Mm. it on a quantum level. Mm. Or can you? I don't know. I don't know how the future works, apparently.
0: (laughs) It kind of opens up a lot of questions. And I think they do want us to just kind of say, well, it's a thousand years even farther into the future from our Star Trek.
1: Have they met us? Haven't they seen the manuals and the guides and the <laughs> explanations and the flow uh-huh. charts and everything?
0: The galactic maps that are still in the shrink. Yeah, lab?
1: they're even reminding us of these things at the beginning of the episode. They even have like a <laughs> cutaway of the dots. Ooh, there's like a there's like a swarm of dots. I guess they're are they in Archer space dock? Is that where they are?
0: Oh the, yeah, that could be. Yeah, mm,
1: the, I see where you get the little the Frexy, uh moment because they have like the <laughs> dots on the underside and they flip around. Yeah, so then we get into the, uh, the Saru and Bryce in his last moments mm-hmm. I knew they were going to do this I knew they were going to replace Bryce with Christopher I was like these sons of bitches
0: oh, so it, is Mr. Rowe leaving the show
1: it appears that he's leaving doesn't it He's he's left he, he well, shot us a beautiful smile as if it was the last time we'd see him. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've ever really seen him smile that brightly before. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe he's happy to be leaving. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, I could speculate that they're giving us a thread that says, look, he's going to be the breakthrough that gives us the uh, communication through the barrier.
1: Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Do we have enough time? for him to get it done. We have three episodes left. <laughs> Better hurry, Mr. Bryce.
0: Well, yeah, it depends on if we've got three hours of time left or three weeks, how long it takes them to get to uh, Species 10C. Yeah.
1: Um, so they're passing in the in the hallway and Saru passes uh, Tarina this little note. It's like folded up and it's like, mm-hmm. do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, it's basically like Saru asking mm-hmm. Tarina on a date back after she asked him on yeah. a date, sort of. And he's like, hmm do you like me like me or
0: <laughs> yeah i hear what you're saying i mean it, and it's weird because he's he's asking her because he, he feels fine with it we find out later that it's because he's, he's never expecting to see her again yeah
1: yeah she got saved by the bell in this moment though somebody pulled our right. side hey we gotta yep. we're gonna go do, gotta do something. yep <laughs> so. oh sorry i can't i can't talk about this now here keep your little paper i'll check it later
0: yeah yeah you, you can hold on to that i'll look at it i'll read your note later pass it to me in class later
1: i also like the catching up of what gray's been up to i guess gray's doing his guardian training what do you think it takes to be to do guardian training like you just go and take care of the symbionts right in the pools
0: yeah maybe how to st- stir the water so you don't bump into too many symbionts and i'm um, like,
1: why well, don't just leave them alone? <laughs> what are you doing in there?
0: They've been living there for eons. <laughs> yeah, wait, right,
1: they're, they're good. Stop bugging they, them.
0: You got to sprinkle your fish food and you got to sprinkle it just right and grind it up just big and small enough. Yes.
1: <laughs> Stamens is intending to be like supportive and showing, mm-hmm. you know, blue. I mean, blue. That's that's not the character's <laughs> name. That's the <laughs> actor's name.
0: That's the color that they're wearing.
1: And showing blue. I, show, I just said blue again and showing Tal how important they are yeah. and ends up like super over pressurizing like that's how mm-hmm. that's how I felt over pressurized in the moment like oh everything's <laughs> gonna be on either he's like over pressurizing or he's pandering it's either like oh mm-hmm. we're never gonna get through without you or it's Aww. like oh, we're yeah. never gonna get through without you like which one is it like I, I wasn't <laughs> sure which, which one he was doing in that moment
0: I kind of felt the same way too I do like how we get uh, adira confirming gray's pronouns though oh did they yeah adira referred to to gray as he's getting along great he's enjoying oh i thought gray's we
1: name. knew that anyway with gray because gray was gray was adira's boyfriend at the beginning of the story
0: oh maybe mm-hmm. i know that i was continuing to try and just use they them pronouns well that's
1: kind of you What was not kind was that I don't think that the president, I think the the president's like used her force of personality to make Mm -hmm. Michael agree that the whole question questioning thing was resolved because I don't really think that's still, I don't think that's (laughs) resolved.
0: Well, I think they were resolving it more or less right there, then and there, or they were. It was they were working on the resolution.
1: Yeah, I still don't think it's resolved.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. There's more that they need to hash out. There.
1: But it's more like they came to a conclusion of like, let's just be considerate of each other.
0: Yeah, yeah they, they at least know where their boundaries are set now. Yeah, don't question my orders in front of the crew. That that will ruin their confidence in me. And don't question politics when you don't know anything about politics
1: for sure so we're about to, to do a jump which I guess mm-hmm. we jump to the edge of the barrier and then go through the barrier mm-hmm. okay so w- the first thing that happens we get to the bridge and we're about to go do all the whole setup with Burnham's speech you know and yeah. and and we view the gathered delegates for a minute so the first thing that happens is we see like Lieutenant Nilsson and every time I see Nilsson I think Arium <laughs> <laughs> like it okay. just looks like Arium to me every time I see Nilsson mm-hmm. because it is Arium Like, why did you have to get rid of Arium? You could have just had her be Arium again. But I guess maybe she didn't want to or something.
0: Well, I mean, it seems like that would be a heck of a lot of makeup or prosthetics to go through every day to make the episode. Yeah, I mean,
1: she did it for a season. Yeah. It's not so bad.
0: (laughs) Just ask Michael Dorn.
1: The gathered delegates are, um, they just show someone from Earth, someone from uh, Navarre, someone from Starfleet, and a Ferengi. Yeah, and uh, is that all the delegates we have? We had a lot <laughs> more, we had a whole bunch of people gathered together. There was no people with like bowls on their back or anything, mm-hmm. there were no flying moths, no green people. Yes, no, no, no Orions.
0: They said that it was like herding cats, so maybe part of the herding for of cats was. Figuring out who could be housed together and who would get along well enough together mm. to put oh, them in the same enough. room together.
1: Yeah, maybe that was. They definitely didn't put the Antikens with the Solace. I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> well, they probably didn't put the Cations with uh... Betazoids. Yeah, was it? It was Betazoids. Then you know. I was doubting myself. Well, there you go. Yeah, they definitely didn't put the uh, Cation Ambassador with the uh, Betazoid Ambassador.
1: Good job on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got there eventually.
1: You did. So, Nelson, we we end up jumping in nine light years away instead of four light years away or just a few light years out Mm -hmm. from the Galactic Barrier. Mm -hmm. The thing about the Galactic Barrier... So, the Galactic Barrier is on the outside of the galaxy, right? And then the Great Barrier is on the inside of the galaxy?
0: Yes. Okay, yeah, I get where you're going.
1: It's around, like, the... I guess it's around the black hole at the center of the galaxy is the Great Barrier.
0: And I've seen... Models that suggest that maybe this whole barrier thing is like a big donut going around the whole interior of the galaxy, and the galaxy is the jelly on the inside of the donut.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it sounds like the whole. So the galaxy is like toroid instead of actually spiral.
0: (laughs) Well, the barrier on the outside of the galaxy is toroid. Whereas the galaxy on the inside, all the jelly is is spiral.
1: Right. It's a spiral inside of It's like a jelly donut. We're like a big old jelly donut. Yeah.
0: Mm, Jelly donut.
1: So the the galactic barrier was in like the very first episode. Well, not the very first. Okay. So the first pilot obviously was the cage, which was actually a pilot for Strange New Worlds. So the actual first episode of Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, those old scientists era was where no one has gone before, which is the first time that we saw the galactic barrier correct and they talked about the first time that a vessel went through the galactic barrier which was the valiant with well, the ss valiant which went through it was like some energy field put it into a magnetic storm mm-hmm. uh, in 2060s
0: it's been a minute since I've watched that. It's kind of a out of time kind of episode. Yeah.
1: That was the episode where Commander Gary Mitchell and mm-hmm. Dr. Elizabeth Daner were yeah. they had psychic abilities already, but then they were transformed into a threat by some strange energies coming from the galactic barrier. Yeah. And then they died after they had this fight with Kirk. So apparently he murdered them <laughs> in a sense. But it's been in every season of the those old scientists era
0: okay it was
1: in in season two it was in by any other name which Mm -hmm. had these kelvins from the andromeda galaxy who were going to come and like hijack the enterprise and use it to cross the galactic barrier to get back home and they stopped them (laughs) yes they they thwarted the plan um season three was in is there in no truth season three was in season three was is there a new uh, season three was is there no truth Hmm. season three is is there in truth no beauty right is that correct yes that's yeah it is is there
0: in truth no beauty
1: one of the engineers saw a medusan which drove him Mm -hmm. crazy or whatever and then he drove the enterprise into the galactic barrier Yeah.
0: yeah yeah How long does it take to get from Earth to the galactic barrier? Do you think?
1: Um, I mean, I don't. I don't really know how far it's situated. How far Earth is situated in the quadrant? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it should be. It should take longer to get to the Great Barrier than to get to the Galactic Barrier.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: I feel like we're close. We're in an arm, right? So we're not close to the middle. We're sort of on the outside, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's where like National Geographic Maps put us is in one at the outskirts of one of the arms of the spiral.
1: Speaking of arms, the arms from Picard season one, you know, like the ones that were reaching through, they said that they came from outside of the galactic barrier as well. The ones that uh not Dodge but Soji, who are, whoever it was, Soji Doctor Soji Asha called to come and save the uh the people on Jatopia, or whatever it was called, Pinocchio Land. It <laughs> the place called. <laughs> Puppet Planet. Oh. Where all the androids lived. Yeah. You remember the arms I'm talking about? They came from beyond the galactic barrier as well. That's what they said. Uh, anyway.
0: The little glowy green hands?
1: The arms that stretched out, like, there would be, a, like, a rip in the space-time continuum, and arms were reaching out, trying to get people. Sorry. Never mind. It's not important. Oh. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Ooh. So when, when Burnham says the thing about, oh you owe me like five five light years, Stamets gives three different this is like I'm gonna show you like how not to respond to your boss. When your boss <laughs> says, Hey, you did so and so, just be like, Oh yeah, sorry. You know, maybe add an I'll do better next time. <laughs> yeah. But Stamets instead gives three excuses. I've never been out this far. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not an exact science, and I got us as close as I could. Like pick it pick a struggle statements mm-hmm. which which one of these things is mm-hmm. actually the thing why, not, why why not just like oh yeah my bad maybe next time we go to the galactic barrier i will get us a little closer i just need a little yeah. practice
0: you yeah you want to pick a, a hill to die on not not try and die on all three hills
1: yeah preferably don't don't die on the hill but well, if you yeah, have to sure. die on a hill better not you spread your body up, up across those three hills
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: the i do wonder mm-hmm. what was the word that saru wanted Culbert to pass
0: was he gonna say tell everybody i'm in love with
1: <laughs> 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 like just want <laughs> let everyone know that Torina likes me <laughs> it, it, it's like their relationship is their relationship going to be a whole comedy of errors where they're just like constantly interrupted <laughs> yeah because last time they were in the hallway they got interrupted this time they they they, they interrupted what he was going to say to mm-hmm. do something else but he yeah. approaches the relationship just like he approaches everything else. Like he's scared of it. Like, oh, I feel fear. Mm. Yeah.
0: Has has uh, Seru never been in love before?
1: I don't think so. I don't think Did... that he's had time. Like he's had. Yeah. He's he's had his village. He didn't mention yeah. anything then. You know, it's just him and his his
0: sister. Sister. You know. oh, yeah. Oh, Serena. Serena. Oh, interesting. Whoa. <laughs>
1: oh, that's like foreshadowing.
0: What are we foreshadowing?
1: The relationship of saru and tarina with the sister's name which is serena oh,
0: serena. oh. oh i see what you're
1: saying oh i forgot called. we went with taru my bad <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: so this much of this episode is dominated by tarka's flashback where he's mm-hmm. telling all about how he met oros and you mm-hmm. know they became uh lovers over the golden ratio and they talked about yeah. the golden ratio day night and morning and when they held each other to sleep they talked about the golden ratio and Mm -hmm. when they invented new positions they used the golden ratio to construct them and they lived their life by the golden ratio
0: yeah the golden ratio is represented by the greek letter phi
1: hmm it's also the maquis symbol sort of is it it's more like the circle it's a circle with no the circle from Bejor.
0: oh yeah you're you're right i remember now okay yeah. yeah they would spray paint it on on the walls of the station Correct. yes definitely. oh i was just curious where uh oros learned about the greek alphabet
1: yeah I, I did wonder that as well like that was their symbol for um what was it called kylees
0: Kylis, yeah
1: What am I saying?
0: The golden ratio is that between two quantities when the ratio between them is the same as the ratio between their sum and the larger quantity. It is an irrational number equal to approximately 1.618 and was often denoted by the Greek letter, like I said, phi.
1: It's the ratio of a regular pentagon's diagonal to its side.
0: Regular pentagon's diagonal to its side.
1: You know. Oh, okay.
0: You know. So it's a, it's similar to pi.
1: I think that they overlap or something. I think I've seen pictures of them drawn together.
0: Mm.
1: And okay. they do a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Don't ask me about math things. Like <laughs> simple arithmetic is is my thing. Yeah. You do it in my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but everybody knows that hexagons are the best agons.
1: Hmm. Okay. What shape did you think that the galactic barrier was when you first saw it? Bubbles. Oh, okay. I I mean, like, the first one. Like, I just feel like if you just rotate that about 90 degrees, then you... Mm. uh,
0: Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Reese, in this moment, chooses to take the the Tilly roll. Mm-hmm. And like, say something like mildly outlandish. I like how they've tamed down the mild outlandish by not having Tilly there. But do we really <laughs> need a, a Tilly to connect to? Is that for the kiddies?
0: Maybe. Although I kind of thought that Tall was the youngest crew member. I thought yeah. that they would connect to the kiddies. One would think. I mean, everybody else's lieutenant commanders are above.
1: So when we get there, okay, so what the galactic barrier appears to me to be, mm-hmm. it's like a celluloid barrier substrate right like a gel like a jelly like a clear jelly right and it's got like bubbles that sort of like move through it Mm -hmm. out of the galaxy because the galaxy is inside this like pressure holding it in right so it's not like flying out right yeah and so it makes me think that like it makes me think of a soda (laughs) Like the way that a soda is at the top where it's like you have the liquid and then you have a layer of Mm -hmm. small bubbles that are like, are just, and then you have like the larger bubbles. And then sometimes Mm. you'll have like a bubble or two that like shoot real up really fast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I think that they were trying, I think that they were trying to get to the bubbles that would go all the way to the top. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it seemed like.
0: Oh, yeah, I get what you're talking about now. Yeah, you got some cling on the sides, and sometimes yeah. they start to drift up. Yeah. So they need to get into one that's stable, it's big enough to hold them, and just wait for it to carry it to the top of the the surface, or in this case, the outer surface of the barrier. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm getting at. Oh. Um, the pres- Before we get there, though, the president uh, stops Burnham, and she's like, hey, I got a message. <laughs> I Uh-oh. got a message. We can't get to it though because then we go back to Book and Tarka's story. They do a lot of like this. They could have told sort of both stories as standalones. <laughs> I think that would have mm. been fine. I guess we intermix them. That that's cool. Like it helps to generate the suspense, but not nearly yeah. necessary. Like the the stories were pretty intense in their own way on their own and could yeah. could really have stood alone without. Like it was kind of jarring to go back and forth between them because the stories were so different. Yeah.
0: Did you ever look up and see where they their uh, on-location scenes were filmed? No. Because I thought that the scene where they were walking on the little land bridge, I thought that was a pretty scene. Okay. However, I mean, once I got to looking at it a little bit more in detail, I did notice that the canyon kind of had high, straight, flat walls.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I was wondering if they were shooting, I was guessing maybe they were shooting in one of Doctor Who's favorite locations, a rock quarry.
1: I'm sure there was somewhere in Toronto
0: yeah okay yeah you're right they do shoot shoot the show there
1: yeah that makes sense so the the message that they get is that there's debris from the dma's interaction with the matter in the galaxy that Mm -hmm. the debris from its interaction is going to hit Navarre and earth in three days
0: he didn't say which planet or what area of the alpha quadrant it was in yeah i wonder if it actually took out a planet or a a star or something
1: i mean if it's debris it took something out right
0: that seems logical to me yeah yeah Yeah. the
1: the so the crisis becomes here do we tell or do we not tell
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everybody else yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so tarka takes book down to the Mm -hmm. place where he met Oros, right? There's a Mm -hmm. cloaked ship for some reason that really doesn't play into the story, but apparently someone was there just before them. I don't know why or if that has any interaction, like why that other ship would be there.
0: I think it was just to build tension for the episode. Oh, are they going to get captured? Is Tarko leading him into a trap? Otherwise, it really didn't serve any other actual purpose.
1: Yeah. So this is just a, an effect of tarko right like yeah. his plan was to go down there quietly and not be seen and that didn't work yeah. he's not really good at plans and like making <laughs> plans come to fruition mm-hmm. like he unless it's a like a split moment decision for him to do something like talk yeah. it, but even that really didn't work out you know when he made the decision to to beam the device into the dma controller or into mm-hmm. the dma because he, if i can unwind the story properly so he got Paired with Oros because they were both scientists, and they're, I don't know Mm -hmm. what they were supposed to be working on, but instead they were working on this like uh, cross universe transporter. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning stages of it, he sold Oros out and told them what he was doing. And but then he let Oros get all the way to the point where they're like holding hands in the transporter ready to go and then they get <laughs> shut down. And I'm like yeah. you're he's really bad at planning, don't you think? Like he should have perhaps let Oros know, Oh yeah, back in the day before I really knew you, you know, I told him yada yada, so we need to like do something to work around it so that they don't detect us, you know, the kind of thing. Yeah. But he let him get all the way there without saying anything. He's he's a yeah. terrible Terrible planner.
0: I think maybe what he's hoping is that they'll get away so he won't have to explain it. So that they'll they'll just get away before anybody discovers them and they'll already be in the other universe. So he just won't have to say anything. You know, because he's worried how he's going to react if he tells him that he almost, that he did betray him. Yeah. I like how at the end, though, that uh, Oros says, I forgive you. And that's something that a lot of people just don't. You said that at the end? When Lorca is about to run away. Uh, Oros looks at him and he says, I Tarka. forgive
1: you. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Oh, you're right. Tarka. I'm Did I, I said Lorca. Yeah.
1: A couple of times I was very confused. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Lorca was the captain in the first season, wasn't it? Does he remind me of Lor- Lorca? Probably. Does Tarka remind me of Lorca?
1: Perhaps. Hmm. Sort of similar. Also bad at planning.
0: <laughs> I forgive you is a phrase that we seldom use when somebody says, I'm sorry. You, you know, you just say, you hear them say, Oh, it's, it's okay. Or, Oh, or, or whatever, or it doesn't matter or something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the power of that actual phrase can mean so much more to people than, you know, Oh, it's okay. Or yeah. just brushing it off or whatever.
1: I mean, it means a lot more on discovery. I've noticed that, that we're very careful about choosing our language. Mm-hmm. And they're also very careful about highlighting when people are giving each other grace. Uh-huh. Like they did it earlier in this episode with Saru and Colbert. You know, thanks for sharing, kind of thing.
0: I, I like that, that they're doing that in this, yeah. this show because it's almost like they're teaching people these are the ways that we're supposed to behave as, yeah. as people. Yeah, this when- is
1: how we get through things yeah because Christopher is up there on the bridge freaking out and uh, they're able to bring him back together by mm-hmm. talking about what they're going to do after this so they have something to to focus on it's like a like a like an emotional thousand yard stare like I'm just focused <laughs> on the goal you know just yeah. to get through this thing right here
0: yeah you know wh- where are you going to spend are, are you going to retire after this where are you going to spend your retirement you're going to come home to a ticker tape r- parade when yeah. we make it home yeah. not if we make it home you need to focus on when we get home correct get
1: home. so they do they do the whole spin pop and they're they're into the bubble and then that's when uh Stamets decides oh we're in a bubble now i guess i can <laughs> uh apologize for all that pressure <laughs> that he's putting on tall yeah you know, and, yeah and admits you know i'm just trying to make you feel important you know like my dad didn't hug me i'm gonna hug you <laughs>
0: is he building himself up in this or is he building her up in this, them uh, in this
1: probably both oh okay i get the sense that at times parenting can be a mutually healing yeah. uh, or fulfilling situation yeah.
0: a parent coming to the child and admitting what they did wrong as a parent and apologizing for it
1: yeah do you think that's what the president is doing in their final conversation when they're talking about you know controlling the information and Mm. and the power well not their final conversation but when they're talking about controlling information and the power and responsibility that's involved in that yeah
0: i do see some parallels in those two conversations with stamets and then the president later on thank you for pointing that out yeah i don't think i saw that before
1: yeah they even did a parallel where they mentioned their parents like Stamets mentions his dad and then the president talks about her mom Mm -hmm. and how, uh,
0: yeah, her, her partner being on, uh, the earth's moon
1: yes and i i do wonder though vaguely how how did the president's people get there it is this board drive like widely distributed now like if the discovery took her there she would know already that she's there so it must be some other ship that took them there as far as i know the earth was too far from original from the Cloak federation headquarters oh they moved the federation headquarters that's right they moved the federation headquarters there oh look i just explained i thing to myself <laughs>
0: So, when Tarka is talking about the alternate universe and how perfect it was in yeah. But To Connect, what kind of choices do you think that uh, humanity and, and life has had to make in those time periods to come to be, exist in a universe where there is no war, no struggle. The Orion Syndicate, what, what's it called? The Emerald Chain. The Emerald Chain doesn't exist. All this struggle and stuff and strife doesn't exist. You're just basically in a heaven-like universe.
1: Yeah. Oros literally describes this as a myth.
0: You're right, he does.
1: He he calls it a myth. And it doesn't sound realistic to me. Uh-huh. That might just be my human cynicism. But yeah, a perfect utopia where there's no conflict seems very boring. And <laughs> I kind of want to say what's the purpose, but that seems wrong. But mm-hmm. I just don't see there not being any sort of conflict. Just mm-hmm. because people are all born with different perspectives Uh-huh. because we're not all born the same.
0: Yeah, I mean it seems to me like maybe the conflicts would be resolved a lot more peacefully and a lot less destructively maybe. Although from a religious perspective, I mm-hmm. think because we haven't ever experienced heaven or Valhalla or whatever you want to call it, then because we live in a quote fallen world we we don't have any possibility of knowing what it would be like in a perfect utopia they even kind of touch on that in the matrix films when uh agent smith says yeah we at first we tried to create a a perfect society for for people and people just wouldn't believe it they wouldn't couldn't fathom what would go on, and they just kept yeah. on trying to wake up. Your, your program's... yeah, that's me, cerebrum would just keep on trying to wake up out of the matrix. So, yeah. we had to create a world for you guys that was flawed.
1: That's that's the way I like it flawed and perfect <laughs> all at once.
0: <laughs> Although, I certainly would like a you know, a, a universe where there was. No war and and no bigotry and
1: stuff like this. Maybe You you gotta burn burn the forest to get new growth.
0: Sometimes, but why do you need new growth if the forest is doing just fine? I agree. <laughs>
1: why don't we go ahead and take a little break now? And okay. then we can come back and wrap up this episode.
0: Certainly we'll do that. Uh we'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Jack from Two Minute Trek. I watch Trek with my dad and then we review it in two minutes. So, if you'd like your podcast to be shorter than a trip on a turbo lift, search up Two Minute Trek wherever you listen to. Let's talk about Treks. Rustling papers, rustling papers.
0: Welcome back everybody. Howdy. Hi. Okay. So during the break, I was able to do a little research. Cool. And we were asking about what Saru was talking to Dr. Culber about in the hall.
1: You're very excited. (laughs) It's delightful. Because
0: I figured it out. Okay. Uh (laughs) Captain Burnham asked him to go and tell the delegates that they were going to be delayed. And that's what he needs Culber's help with is helping to spread the word that that we're going to be delayed.
1: Who's going to be delayed?
0: Remember, they uh, only could uh, jump to nine, nine light years away.
1: Oh, so he was just letting them pass the word that we're nine, nine light years away instead of five light years away. Is that what you are saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. It seems that's very mundane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I was
1: hoping for something a little more exciting. You sounded so excited about it.
0: Sorry. I was just able no, to figure it out.
1: I'm glad you did. Thank you for that. Yeah. We all thank you for that.
0: You had also asked. What mm-hmm. Oros uh, had been working on, and yes,
1: he was doing magic for uh, Ramman and Cringer. <laughs> that's and he was, Orko. He was. Oh my bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I got your reference. Thank you. Um, he was working. He was supposedly working on a dilithium alternative engine, so similar today working. Oh, on, that's like, what
1: like, he was supposed to be doing it for the Emerald Chain yes oh I see okay
0: because oh I start-
1: mean start- technically yeah I see how he could he could fool him with the science and say yeah this is supposed to... an intertent inter- um, I imagine I imagine an interdimensional transporter would be able to be easily disguised as a transporter you know of sorts you know like a spatial yeah. transporter
0: yeah. Because okay, it is yeah. a
1: special transporter. It just happens to go across dimensions as well.
0: Yeah, which I mean, it's going to move them somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it could be along the lines of like a spore dr- drive jump. You're basically kind of just teleporting. Yeah,
1: because you're moving into a discrete layer of subspace and then back out. Oh. I Sometimes I feel like Star Trek treats layers of subspace as if they are mm-hmm. different dimensions. Mm-hmm. When we went inside the mycelial network, Yeah. It seemed to as if we were existing in a different dimension. I think that's what are they are they using the words plane and dimension or the ideas of plane and dimension as the same? Like all the dimensions are stacked up on top of one or atop one another?
0: I'm not sure. I mean when I think of dimensions, I think of up, down, left, right uh b a start no yes um b a b a
1: select start select start Mm?
0: but i know that like in the dc universe mr mix Mix (laughs) yes is from the fifth dimension yes and that so is batmite okay is from the fifth dimension and supposedly the fourth dimension is time correct coexist along with it we don't actually have a fourth dimension, but we just kind of coexist along with that dimension. String theory talks about as many as eleven different dimensions. I don't know what that is talking about compared to like this dimension. Although sometimes I think people, non-scientists, sure. laymen, yes, they transpose a parallel universe and alternate universe and alternate dimension. dimension
1: agreed so that's what i'm getting at i All the time d- not to say that the writers of star trek are laymen but i'm saying mm-hmm. that sometimes it does seem like they transpose or you know dimension and yeah universe or yeah
0: or and it can get it can get confusing because it's like well you got to be consistent with your writing and pick one and just stick with
1: it yes pick a struggle that's yeah second time <laughs>
0: And sometimes the Star Trek writers are laymen. That's why they do have a scientific consultant.
1: Yes, correct. That is absolutely true. Should have so. called Manny this time. <laughs> I don't remember how we got there, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you how where we should be is where yeah. the discovery uh, finally finds its way into extra galactic space. And can mm. I just admit to you, just don't, don't fucking tell anybody, okay? But okay. I, I stood up and I clapped. <laughs> <laughs> with the announcement for that we were in a new and we were outside of the galaxy. I See, I almost did yeah. it too. <laughs> it
0: it reminded me of other milestones like when the Voyager left the confines of our solar system. The oh, Voyager I, okay, 2 or gotcha. Voyager 1 Sorry. probes.
1: I was stuck in Star Trek brain. I was like, wait, they didn't do that. <laughs> <We> <laughs> did are Star Trek, what are you talking well, about? I mean, they, in the 21st I they did do that the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, or or like the announcement recently, uh, I think.
1: How about the signing of the Federation Charter? It was that kind of moment, wasn't it? Wouldn't you say?
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Another moment of applause I had recently was when the Enterprise D appeared back on screen. That was another standing clap moment.
0: Oh. Okay. Oh, you're talking about your experience as a as an audience member, not within the universe.
1: Don't. Again. Don't fucking tell anybody but i don't actually live in the universe
0: <laughs> I, i'm just observing it as written oh, by okay, writers okay. i see
1: yep so burnham actually decides to throw the responsibility for informing the crew of the message they got to the president
0: mm-hmm. and i like her reasoning here i agree with her reasoning here it brings me back to what i've talked about before when you know we have the pandemic and our leader, our leader is squabbling about whether or not we should drink bleach or what is a vaccine or shine you know. a
1: flashlight up your butt, <laughs>
0: yeah, stick, stick
1: a flashlight up your ass, that'll help,
0: <laughs> you know. But we had, and I personally this man was had... like,
1: we, We're trying to find out how to get the light inside. I'm like, Holmes, you don't know
0: <laughs> 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 what. <laughs> And I had, me as an individual, the only leader that was telling us that we'll be there, we'll get through this, that this is, you know, that they were standing strong and that everything will be okay.
1: Yes, was?
0: Was? uh,
1: Dr. Anthony Fauci.
0: Queen Elizabeth. What? I
1: don't live in England. What are you talking about? (laughs)
0: Yeah, but she was the only leader that was getting on TV and even on YouTube.
1: I didn't hear her say a thing on TV at all during the entire pandemic, sir.
0: I did. I yeah. didn't see. I she didn't even see. posted it on I YouTube. Her.
1: I don't <laughs> watch YouTube. Oh, okay. So I see. That's It was she everywhere. Was, she was talking to y'all. I get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was joking. It wasn't everywhere. No. <laughs> because I saw Fauci everywhere. And I saw, well, I, I watched a lot of Maddow and MSNBC during that time. I mean, I kind of still okay. do. And then yeah. listened to podcasts like The Bob yeah. Seska Show.
0: uh huh.
1: And, you know, All In with Chris Hayes. And <laughs> you know, uh, Pod Save America. And the Love It or Leave mm-hmm. It broadcast. And Ooh, What it, a Day. And Up First, you know. None of those <laughs> featured Queen Elizabeth except for <laughs> upon the occasion of her death. That is. That's when mm. I heard from Queen Elizabeth. Even MSN because,
0: did...
1: Yes, when she died, that's when they said something about Queen Elizabeth. The rest of the oh. time, it was like our
0: hair's on fire. <laughs> 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 Do
1: you think that Serena and Saru um, are on their first date? Hmm. Maybe because they're they're specifically in the lounge, like.
0: Ooh! Oh. Well,
1: that's where the writers have placed them. Yeah. Oh, can't be. Well, she did incidental. like she
0: she did say she liked his company because it comfort, co- literally comforted her.
1: Yeah. A what
0: now? <laughs>
1: you said comforted comforted her. You're more comforted often. You're, her again. Oh, it's interesting that you're more used to saying comforter than comfort. It's a, it's an interesting psychological peek into the window of the brain of an Earl Gray.
0: That's what I have on my bed.
1: Yeah, I correct. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) You got there. I heard the wheels turning.
1: There was no no, I knew I know why the point. No, you're not there yet. Don't do that. (laughs) You are more used to saying comforter than comfort
0: because I am a, a comforter.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. Or or you're comforted already, so you never have to worry about comfort.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he goes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, and except for when my neighbor upstairs attacks me for no reason.
1: That's not for no reason. Uh, that's because she is delusional. <laughs> that's why she attacks you. Listen, y'all, this <laughs> man's neighbor, can I tell them?
0: I this, hope she doesn't hear it, but this, sure. This
1: man went on vacation or, you know, went down to see his parents, right? For yeah. his birthday or whatever. Not his birthday. An anniversary that he had this year. And when he, as he's coming back in the... I don't know why I'm telling your story for you. As he's coming back in... <laughs> but I'm going to continue doing it. As he's coming back in the door, the lady upstairs accuses him... <laughs> She tells. Oh, she talks about there was all this noise, and only a young person would be up that late and be that loud. And she, he's like, "Listen, I just got here. Here's my boarding pass. I just left the airport.
0: (laughs) I literally just walked in the door. Yeah."
1: And she's coming at you. She's done. She's done. I mean, this has been for for earl and i this is well for me well for earl actually i guess and i've just been hearing the story peripherally i've never been there um (laughs) this has been an ongoing how long would you say this has been ongoing
0: well we 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 smooth over barbs and then another barb pops up and we smooth smooth them over again and um i would say for probably about a year now because this would be the second time this would be the second this Christmas will be the second Christmas, Christmas that um it was last Christmas when she started doing doing
1: this. Oh, okay. So it's been about a year. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. What's been your favorite incident with her?
0: Um I think this one because I was like, here's my boarding pass. I yeah. literally just walked in the door. Yeah, it, that There's is pretty no funny. possible way <laughs> that I could have done that. Well, and then th- that night, uh-huh. Or no, uh, Sunday night.
1: Okay. We don't know She's what there. night this started. Just whatever. Yeah. At a night. on At nighttime.
0: This last Monday for us. <laughs>
1: okay. I thought it was Sunday. Okay. Well,
0: it was 5 o'clock in the morning. To me, it was In Sunday Australia, night. it was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> in our time zone, to me, it was still that Sunday night. But since it was 5 o'clock in the morning, it was technically Monday morning. She starts throwing all kinds of stuff on the floor because this is the way she... This is what she was doing because she... She was touched.
1: communicating with you?
0: Is I that guess. What she was doing? Get yeah, the she's fu- saying you're being loud again. Shut the fuck up. So she was throwing stuff on the floor? Yeah. I mean, she had to have been either that or stomping on the floor or uh, throwing okay, herself okay. on the floor. Do
1: you think she was doing the thing with the broomstick like they do in music videos?
0: Uh, Maybe, but that would be kind of... Maybe. Okay. Usually, you're doing that up.
1: Up, right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and that's what I would be doing if I was knocking on her floor.
1: Would you do that?
0: No. Oh. I, I never have, and I mean, to me, that's rude. You. Don't I mean, no,
1: that. I'm saying, like, what if someone was, like, being really loud upstairs, and they were consistent at it? Well,
0: would you be that only... guy? If they were being consistent with it, the only time I've ever done that is I've actually gone well, You up have done it. To... <laughs> well, not uh-huh. with a broom handle. Okay. I go I went up to the apartment and I said, Hey, what's with all the stomping? Okay, Do you, Kevin. you have a basketball <laughs> team in here or something? And it it turned out that she had young uh relatives over uh, and they were like get. jumping off her couch. That's
1: and, exactly what you get. It's
0: like what? Shut up. Well, this is <laughs> like my first in, 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 introduction to her and okay. i just wanted to know what was going on so i could understand what this noise was all the time hey you know, what's, what's all this stopping <laughs> yeah I, I i literally just wanted to be sure that she wasn't falling and hurt oh uh, okay oh okay i got you yeah right. good save <laughs> so i for me i wouldn't just jab a broom handle up at the ceiling i would go up there and Talk to the person and you know and be um what's the word i'm looking for cordial about it okay okay that's that, cool. i think that's a good word
1: yeah it it helps if you bring a cordial with you also here excuse me would you like a cocktail because you need to have a seat <laughs> take a rest take a load off enjoy this cocktail
0: Polite, crafted maybe. by the scorch 1701 <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> good segue <laughs> Shall we we go to break? No. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So you were mentioning how Mm -hmm. the barrier looks like something to you. And when they break out of the barrier, I was thinking of something else. Oh, the other side. Yeah, <laughs> the sperm coming through the cervix and into the womb. okay. Whoa,
1: you went deep with it. Okay, yeah. so, wow. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know if that's going to be edited out or not. Um. And okay.
0: I and when I looked at the barrier again, for when uh-huh. I was rewatching it the other day, I saw kind of what you were thinking if you saw it on sideways. Uh huh. But then I was also going to tease you about the fact that do. As a gay man, do you see all vaginas as being a thunderstorm? Yes. (laughs) Start electrical activity. Yes. 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 Yes, I do. I mean,
1: not really. I'm just kidding. It it seemed it seemed funny to say yes, but not no. I don't. But okay. I think it's funny for me to have said yes. Yeah. Yeah. So don't fucking fry me.
0: Don't cancel you.
1: You're canceled. I enjoyed the moment of Mm -hmm. Burnham's respect of a countryman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, you're my president. And unfortunately, during the time that it came out, it was more. (laughs) It was more like um, what I was more used to. Was people say around that time was people saying, "Not my president." hmm so it was good to see somebody like showing solidarity in, a, in well, a really good genuine and pure way
0: okay so I mean this episode for context this episode came mm. out in 20 in the beginning of 2022
1: okay yeah there uh, were a lot of people saying not my president
0: Biden had just been elected back in 2020 he's in his second year he's halfway through his first four years yes and you're right. There were a lot of people saying, "Not my president." Yeah.
1: So it was very interesting to see. I I wasn't like it at the time. It was like, "Ooh, are they are they pushing back? Is what's going on?" Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. it was, well, but it was cool.
0: And I think she was also saying, "I had you say this because I needed to hear it too."
1: Yes, this is correct. Yeah, yeah no. I'm one of your constituents, so <laughs> speak to them. I
0: voted for you. Yes, it's correct. Twice mm-hmm. in the same election. <laughs> Okay.
1: We're not supposed to talk about that.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. sorry. Or the My pets Or, voted or, for or
1: you. the Oral's votes that we trucked in and shoved in ballot boxes. <laughs> or the gingermints. on the gingermints. Ooh. But I but yeah, I'm also glad that we squashed the
0: beef. I like the effect of the burning nacelles as they, they do leave the, the barrier. And it's just or as they're traveling through the barrier. I thought it was a very cool, very good special effect they're like this is they're not just our our weird things happening to Uh people but the ship itself is actually affected
1: we didn't even talk about the fact that the like the radiation the radiation energy thing that made the lights different and they just like they turned the contrast down (laughs) or they turned the brightness down and they turned the vibrance down yeah because the colors are like very flat and dim almost grayscale but not quite
0: yeah, Saru said you might notice a thing, but
1: a shift in the didn't... visual spectrum.
0: Thank you, a mm-hmm. shift in the visual spectrum, but he didn't bother to explain what was happening or why. And it's like, oh, did no. the writers just hit a bl- no. A they explained. Wall here? He ex-
1: he explained it. Yeah, it was because the bubble that they were in was oh. not in enough spatial equilibrium. To keep mm. all the radiation that we usually experience so we'll see it slightly different because it's not in equilibrium when they got into the bubbles that were in equilibrium spatial mm-hmm. equilibrium then they would be able to see
0: oh okay
1: which is what what happened it had to do okay. with the physical makeup of each bubble that they were in and also the physical makeup of the space outside of the bubbles the space outside uh, of the bubbles was definitely that near gray scale and then when oh, they went okay. inside a good bubble that's when they went to full color mode
0: oh okay Jack Dorino fixed the thing oh right
1: <laughs> I think we're there yeah yeah I think we found our way um I have to tell you <laughs> that all right, while all in you know the card game was the episode mm-hmm. I was not looking forward to in this season <laughs> yeah. this is the one that I was most excited for you to see so I would like to know what you thought of it overall
0: I enjoyed this episode. Mm. I don't think it necessarily needed the shipping in it, but it was okay. Okay. I like the Fraixian-like flippy-dippies, especially mm. when they did the whole saucer section turning around, or the, the base of the ship turning around. Yeah, where it pivoted
1: and... on an axis that was outside of the ship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I noticed that the uh, the Discovery's fly was down when it jumped into the Seagull The shuttle bay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're just so used to it. They had it closed yeah. for a little while and they were like, Oh, you know what? Um that feels weird. Let's open this thing <laughs> back up.
0: Well, why don't things just fly out when they do force like fields. a rotation like that? Oh force, yeah. yeah. Do they ever force get fields, just anti-graph. thrown against the force fields?
1: No, there's gravity.
0: Oh you're right. Well there's mm. the uh inertial damp. Oh,
1: oh that's that, thank you. They
0: did cut back into it and people were holding on they did feel something of some sort of inertia yes so that it, it, the inertial dampeners were almost overwhelmed but at least it didn't throw them against the back wall
1: no, no no so i think the inertial dampener starts at a certain point oh like it doesn't if it if it stopped all movement it would stop all movement so it has to allow some movement but oh. past a certain past a certain threshold that's when it halts the inertia
0: oh okay so when you would be splattered against the back wall that's well, long before that
1: long before yeah. that if it's going to make you fall over uh-huh. that's probably when the inertial dampeners kick in
0: You're you're right cuz even in TNG you know Riker and Ricard would be rocking with the ship Yeah and you
1: remember just... that one time the ship spun and they just oh sort of eyes. like oh walked around eyes. in a circle like they were drunk for a second Like I think that was the <laughs> max of the inertial dampeners Oh and that, right. like, because past that, they would they would have fallen over. Like, they were just to the edge, but nobody fell over. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never okay. seen anybody f- really fall over from anything that's not, like, major. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's usually, like, a, a big rock and an explosion. And also, what's weird is that the inertial dampeners should kick in, like, millisecondly. So no one should ever yeah. move from the ship oh. being hit, really. like, Huh. What, well, but because of that threshold, but I've but it's like sometimes, sometimes I feel like I've seen people like thrown around, yeah. But I guess that's because oh, the, yeah. something else must happen. Maybe the inertial dampeners cut out in that area for a set,
0: for a moment. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that definitely could be true.
1: Like, I'm thinking of a time where people were running down a corridor and they got blasted to the other cor- Or Was that Kelvin? <laughs> you do a lot more things than Kelvin, like they got shot from one side of the corridor to the other side yeah, of the yeah. corridor when the ship well,
0: was coming. Well, you might be talking about a time where we're seeing on a Klingon ship. No, I'm thinking and... of a,
1: I'm thinking of a, f- a federation ship. I'm, I'm seeing a yellow oh, and a shirt okay. and a red shirt running toward me.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I could be making all that up. Sometimes my brain just makes up whatever it wants.
0: <laughs>
1: so, what would you, what would you rate this episode overall
0: if you uh, were forced to? How about ten out of thirteen? Okay, sounds
1: great. Um, mm-hmm. I actually would also like to rate this episode a ten, um, largely because. I felt so fulfilled by the bubbles (laughs) happening. Yeah. And like seeing this expression of what I had dreamed. Like I I, this is the moment where I was like, Oh, this is written by people who are Star Trek fans. (laughs) Because if I were there, this is what I would be writing. Like I would eventually be like it's 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 I well, actually I would probably avoid writing it because it seems Uh to me like such a like little kid idea. But Hmm. like if several people in the writing room were like, hey, let's try this one, you know, and like everybody agreed on it. And then sure, I could see it happening, but yeah. Do you
0: think that the enterprise in in the original series, do you think that the enterprise might've been trying to punch through in a different spot on the galactic barrier?
1: No, I just think that our TVs couldn't see it before. Isn't that what we're supposed to say?
0: I mean, with the communications and the art
1: is, has advanced. Yeah, like every bit, uh, every piece of art that Star Trek is made up of. Yeah, from uh, lighting to sound to acting to CGI Mm -hmm. to special effects to models to props to makeup to the floors to the sets to the screens, every piece of that art has been improved. Mm. So things are going to look different because they're Uh improved. Yeah. Um, So I guess that's when you just go to the the Gene Roddenberry fallback, which was the, we just couldn't see it before. Oh, the art okay. wasn't refined enough for us to see it before. Oh that's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one.
0: Write that down. Make it into your mantra. Okay. All right. Yes, I, I did enjoy the episode. I was ready for this to happen back on I don't know, episode five. Two oh. Mm. <laughs> Two, sure. Yeah i am excited to find out what's gonna happen next yes i i don't i don't know if it needed to be a whole episode by itself but it does work
1: yeah that's what i'm saying like so the story of going through the barrier didn't wasn't a full episode but also the story of explain finally explaining uh, for all this time we've been waiting finally we get this lame ass orco story like yeah finally yeah and no i don't I agree that neither one of those would, would is like a full episode i think that the bubble story mm-hmm. is a really great short track and probably a long one of the longer short tracks <laughs> yeah you know? but i could yeah. definitely see it being a short track battle to get did this interesting thing where in between seasons they put out a web series like it's the first web series i've ever watched yeah. like you had to like go to, it was weird you had to go like to the internet which was cumbersome <laughs> to do back in the day so like you'd be watching you'd back watch the show and then like in the middle you would you in the mid-season you know, between seasons, you would go yeah. to the computer and like pull up these videos, these little 480p,
0: <laughs> 480p <laughs> videos, you know,
1: and, and there was like another whole piece of the story. And a lot of the elements in that from the uh-huh. duck to the dog, to the resistance in general uh-huh. were referenced in the next season. And it sort mm-hmm. of helped the, definitely the duck pieces of the story to like, it, it brought more depth to parts mm-hmm. of the story that I, but they probably didn't have time to add that depth in the season, you know?
0: Oh, okay. I have one last question, though. Okay. What is it... They get through the barrier, and then they're flying in something. I would assume that they're going at warp, but what? why is it all curvy? What is... What are they flying in? Are they... Did they puncture into the... Uh, the uh, wormhole that the
1: thing that it's a it's no they bypass the wormhole by going straight out the galaxy themselves the wormholes coming from the place where they're heading to right now which is the hyperfield Mm. inside which they believe the 10c exist oh it's a it's a spherical hyper hyperfield that's reminiscent Mm. of beverly crusher's warp bubble
0: Mm. so but why are they warping at all i mean it's going to take them it's far away lifetimes to get if they're just going at basic war. Oh
1: no, no, no. It's it's not that far away.
0: Oh. Well it's in the um, galaxy.
1: No, 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 it's not. No, no, it's not. Oh. No, no, no. It's in the galactic barrier. Or or just outside it. I forget which one it is, but it's in they're inside a hyperfield that's either just outside or in the galactic barrier.
0: Oh, I guess I was under the impression that they were that they're the going species ten C was in another
1: galaxy oh no 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 that is not that's not the case no 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 they're oh, they're, okay. no, no. they're 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 in this galaxy or or just they're neighbors of this galaxy
0: they're just outside of the galaxy
1: i think so okay I, i'm not clear at this moment maybe we'll we'll figure that out for next episode they're, they're uh, evanston they to chicago. just outside or i'm sorry what
0: they're evanston to chicago
1: evanston is in what state illinois illinois
0: yeah okay Chicago is in Illinois.
1: Okay. Just in case anybody at home is keeping they, track they blend of the together. references that Earl makes.
0: Or, I don't know, they're they're St. Paul to Minneapolis. You can't tell them apart oh, when you're now traveling. Now he's
1: referencing Minnesota. Or <laughs> Minneapolis. I'm well, sorry. the Twin Cities are I mean, very famous. Minnesota, yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: for a second I thought Minneapolis was, was the state. Sorry, it's <laughs> because I was busy looking up what the next episode of Star Trek Discovery that we'll be covering here on Let's Talk About Treks was.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. What is the next episode that we'll be covering?
1: It is called Rosetta.
0: Rosetta, yes. as in the stone.
1: Yes. So you can. I'm not going to look up the description. Instead, let's just let's do some inferring here. Okay. So we're trying to communicate with the C, correct?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we are trying to go to where they live, correct? Yes. So I imagine that this episode will be about finding some way to communicate with the C.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Well, there we are. Rosetta.
0: Uh, maybe looking for a device that has their language on it that maybe also has another language that we're able to translate through it or two other languages.
1: Yes. Um, although I wouldn't say, well, I don't want to lead you to it too much. But <laughs> the, you, I think that you're 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 very much on track of what they're doing. Um, I just would say it's not necessarily a device. Cultures leave behind echoes of themselves in many yes. different ways.
0: By device, I mean like the Rosetta Stone is.
1: Yes, I know. I I know what you mean. Oh, okay. What I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Is oh, that it might be more. We know the people died at
1: Pompeii that. because their ashes were there. Yes. So, so it might be more. People leave. Than that. Yeah, but it'll like there's there's tra- there's you know people leave traces. traces. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So these it's it's really interesting it's, a, it's actually it's it's a device but it's also traces so yes you were you were all the way there not to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen the episode yet which is probably you because you're listening to this episode so i apologize <laughs> if i took you too far
0: Aww. all right everybody that's our that's our show yes it is until next time mm-hmm. stay positive Bye. no choice <laughs> dream big uh-huh and you'll hear from us again soon.
1: Support the continued making of, of this show through Patreon.com. Sorry. Let's Talk About Trex is a what? production of Ann Relay supported by the <laughs> Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at Let's You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Talkers and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako's Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.